Parshas HaChodesh introduces the first Pesach as experienced by Bnei Yisrael and Mitzrayim, and really the first Seder night and its mitzvos through the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh, sanctification of the new moon and the lunar calendar. Apparently, Kiddush HaChodesh contains within it the secrets, the symbolism of what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and redemption is all about. The key is to understand the cycle and the orbit of the moon after waning and diminishing from the visible eye. Suddenly, in the beginning of the new month, the moon reappears and begins to wax again and illuminate light. This process of gradually illuminating night, despite previous darkness, directly correlates to the state of Geula, that from darkness, Lila, which night, which symbolizes Gullus, as Rashi tells us in Parshas Lech Lecha, the Jewish people will see light again. Hope. The magic that however dire our circumstances are, we will illuminate no less than the moon, which is continuing to wax again. And this imagery of the moon, the new moon of Rosh Chodesh, is particularly powerful in terms of Nisan, the month of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because while the process of Geula begins with Rosh Chodesh, the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh, it continues through Tesava of Nisan, the 15th of Nisan, the day of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is, of course, the middle of the month when the moon is whole, when the waxing of the moon has reached its apex. It is so clear through this cycle how the process of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is directly paralleling the illumination of the moon, the waxing of the moon. It is symbolizing the light of the Jewish people and the hope of the Jewish people shining forth powerfully. The moon, the luminary within the night, is the beacon of Geula amid circumstances of Gaulus. Unlike the sun, which is rather continuous, unchanging, immutable, the sun every day rises and every evening sets with an aura of statistity. It is so clear. When it's light, daytime, it will be light. But when it's dark, it will be dark. During upswings in life, things are good. But during downswings, things are bad. The moon and the lunar calendar introduced to Itzis Mitzrayim is teaching. There is no statistity in the light of a Jew. The darkness and the gloominess of circumstances are not absolute because we never lose hope. 
There is a Rabboni Sha'olam who's guiding us at all times, even in the light of night. Despite all prior waning, we will wax once again. And therefore, when we struggle, not only nationally, but individually, when we are in that very deep pit of a God-forsaken situation, when it seems like there's no hope, we dare not lose hope. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim hardwires from the inception of Jewish peoplehood that amidst the darkness of night, hope and optimism emerges once again. The symbolism of Rosh Chodesh is not limited to the Geula, the first Geula redemption of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, but can be traced likewise regarding subsequent Geulas, including the final redemption at the end of days. This is clear in the text of the Birchas HaChodesh, which we said this past Shabbos. We bless the new moon by saying, Misha Asa Nisan Lavosainu Begalu Sameyavdas Lecheres Hu Yigalu Sanu Bekarov, the one who did miracles in Mitzrayim and redeemed us, should do miracles redeeming us once again, redeeming us from the final Gauls. It is so clear that we are approaching the new month with a hope for redemption once again, like in Mitzrayim. Because the symbolism of Kiddush HaChodesh is not limited to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, but as a perpetual beacon for the hope of redemption, despite the most gloomy and dire of circumstances. This understanding sheds light on a consistent pattern which can be traced throughout statements of Chazal, linking David HaMelech and the Davidic dynasty, which ultimately heralds Mashiach, to the new moon. For starters, we have a Gemara in Chulandaf, Samach and Beis, which compares David, who's called Katan, small, David HaKatan, to the moon, which is the smaller of the luminaries. Now, while on a level of Pshant, this statement of David's smallness, akin to the smallness of the moon relative to the sun, is conveying the humility of David. On a deeper level, it is certainly suggesting something about growth from a position of smallness. Just as the small moon is not static but grows, so too David Hamelch. Because while David's origins are simple and lowly, David is the rejected shepherd in the field who is castigated by his own family and suffers throughout his life. There is always resurgence and rebirth and triumph in David's life, which is, of course, what makes a safer to Helen so powerful. It is the story of Jewish yearning and longing from within our struggles when we are rejected by family, when we are in gloomy circumstances, just like him. So David HaKatan is like the moon which is called Katan, a light which is very small, but a light which continues to grow and wax. And likewise, we have other statements linking David to the new moon. We are told that in the Gemara that the code used to describe the sanctification of the new moon was David HaMelech, David Melch Yisrael Chai V'Kayim, David, the king of the Jewish people, is living in well. That was the code used to describe that Kiddush HaChodesh just happened. And in this vein, in the Kiddush Levana every month, 
we say glancing towards the moon, David Melch Yisrael Chai Kaim. David, the king of the Jews, is living and well. The new moon signifies the eternity of David, of Malchus based David. David Melch Yisrael Chai Kaim. Because the eternity of David is the eternity of the Jewish people, is the hopes we have pinned on Melech Mashiach, David's descendant, that however deep we sink, we will rise once again. So it is indeed the new moon that we have traced cohesively again and again is that beacon of hope symbolizing redemption from darkness and dire circumstances, both in Mitzrayim and until the end of days. And it's a visceral, vibrant imagery when we look out at the moon, shedding light amidst the darkness of night. There is one final text in Tanakh which takes on new meaning based on this linkage between the new moon and Geula, and in particular, David HaMalach and the Mashiach. And that is the Machar Chodesh passage in the Navi, meaning in Sefer Shmuel, when David HaMalach feels endangered by Shaul, Shaul HaMalach, who is pursuing him, seeking to kill him, and David asks his beloved friend, Yonasan, who's actually Shaul's own, his beloved friend, Yonasan, who is actually Shaul's own son, to pry in on his father, Shaul, and see if, in fact, Shaul is planning e- imminent evil designs against David. And the setting in which Yonasan is going to, so to speak, feel his father's pulse, assess his father, what does he intend towards David, is a Rosh Chodesh meal is a meal which they would have in the beginning of the new month. So David and Shul conversing, Machar Chodesh, tomorrow is this Rosh Chodesh meal, and it will be found out in that setting what in fact Shul has planned towards David. And what ensues is, it is clear at that Rosh Chodesh meal that Shul means David harm, and David sets out on the run. Now, you read this story in the Navi and Shmuel superficially. It's a scary story of David threatened by Shal, and it seems almost insignificant that it is occurring in the context of a Rosh Chodesh meal, which takes place the, the next day. That happens to be the setting, the stage upon which Yonasan assesses his father's evil designs towards David. But clearly the Jewish people understand there is more to it than that. We read that passage from Shmuel Machar Chodesh on a Shabbos, which is the day before Rosh Chodesh, that when the day after Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh, the Haftorah is that Machar Chodesh passage. Apparently we are hearing significance to the fact that in that story, the next day was Rosh Chodesh and there was a Rosh Chodesh meal. That story, assessing Shaul's evil designs towards David, taking place at a Rosh Chodesh meal the next day, is somehow connected 
to every Rosh Chodesh, and in particular a Shabbos when the next day is Rosh Chodesh, just like in the Machar Chodesh story. Why? But now it is so clear. Rosh Chodesh and David are one. It is no coincidence that the fate of David is being determined at a Rosh Chodesh meal. David and Rosh Chodesh are one. And while it seems superficially at that Rosh Chodesh meal that David's fate is sealed, Shaul the king is going to kill him and pursue him with his army. We know it doesn't turn out that way. In the end, it is David who wins. Well, not only is the last laugh David's, but retroactively, he can look back at that Rosh Chodesh meal when Shaul sought to kill him. And no, the celebration of that Rosh Chodesh was in fact the celebration of David himself, of Geula himself. The waxing of the moon, light, Increasing amidst darkness, that when David's circumstances seem so dire, his light will radiate. And in particular, it is in the context of Machar Chodesh, when the next day is Rosh Chodesh, before the moon has waxed again. When it seems like things are dark, the, the apex of the waning has been reached. It is in the deepest, darkest moments when that passage of Machar Chodesh is read so powerfully pointing to the hope of Geula, the hope held aloft by David HaMelech, actually embodied by David's very persona, all the hopes of the Jewish people which hinge on him, hopes which will materialize from within the deepest darkness. The moon will wax again tomorrow night, tomorrow on Rosh Chodesh, the Rosh Chodesh, which is David himself. So here we have a passage in the Navi. The text of the Tanakh itself, when interpreted deeply, reflecting all the good work we did tonight. The symbolism of Rosh Chodesh and David. The symbolism of Geula. The hope of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And most of all, what we all take individually from this. When we all feel in that God-forsaken place. Gullus. The deepest abyss of morosis. We will wax again. Just like the new moon. May the radiant light of Geula on a personal level and on a national level become Niskala, become revealed. Bimhe Rabi Amen, Amen.